Now here's the best. Stay tuned, Sports Podcast. And yes, welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here with our weekly MMA combat episode. And a lot to talk about uh, that has happened this past week. Plus, some drama last week with the UFC pay-per-view. And some drama earlier today uh, with one of the UFC champions relinquishing his belt. Uh, Before we get into that, though, because I do want to pick a bone with him, head over to Twitter. Follow us there at ST Sports Podcast, as well as myself is Jimbo ST Sports. Head over to our Facebook page and like and share there. You can find all of our episodes uh, gets loaded on there as well as our uh, our Twitter there. Um, and head over to our YouTube channel, subscribe to that. I'm really trying to get myself to get the, the videos and all that stuff updated. Hopefully in 2020, we'll actually have live videos going on there instead of just the Stay Tuned Sports logo and you can listen to us. At least this way, you could maybe interact with us and things like that. So... Earlier today, Henry Sejudo relinquished his flyweight belt due to basically inactivity. Um, first and foremost, I will give him credit that the flyweight division was pretty much non-existent. It was there. But Dana White was pretty damn close to shutting that division down and and uh, scrapping that idea. But Henry stuck to his guns and kind of made a deal with Dana. Said if he wins the belt, he's got to keep the division around. And sure enough, he did. But unfortunately, has not defended that belt in quite some time. Now, he is uh, the 135 champion, which he beat TJ Dillashaw to become a champ champ, as everybody calls him. This whole persona, though, of bend the knee to Triple C, I'm over it. You know, we saw what happened this past weekend with Colby Covington. He wanted to play the villain and, and take shots at family's, you know, deceased fathers, um, constantly showing strippers with him, you know, half naked or even naked. And even Henry this past week posted a, a video saying he wants to fight Jose Aldo coming out of in-ground pool, kind of like a 1990s WWE segment. I know he's going for the whole cringeworthy thing, but I can't wait till someone just smashes him in the face and puts him back down a couple notches. But this does bring up a good question that I saw float around on Twitter a little bit. 
is having a double champ in the UFC bad for business? They have yet to have a double champ defend the belt, uh, both belts, I should say, at the same time. You know, Connor, he got stripped of the belt. Uh, now, Triple C, as he likes to be called. Amanda Nunez hasn't been able to defend both yet. She just defended hers, her one belt this past weekend. You know, the and I had a feeling this was coming when Connor won the second belt. If you go back around that time uh, that he won it, the following week is when I had the the episode talking about that. I was saying I, I was hoping that it was a one and done. I mean, granted, at that time I was a fan of his, so I wanted him to be the only champ champ. But now you got four of them. You know, you, you had Daniel Cromier there for a while. He had to relinquish it for John Jones to fight. Um, I think it was Gustafsson for the belt. Yeah, Triple C here. Manny Nunez. You know, maybe maybe it's time to say, listen, if you want a belt and you move up or down a weight class. You relinquish that belt automatically. You can't be holding up weight divisions because of it. And really, that's that's what has happened in the, the flyweight division. Also uh, happened just a few hours ago, I believe it was. Liz Carmouche, who was just released from UFC... Last week or the uh, week before, has signed with Bellator. Now let me tell you, I mean, okay, Chris Cyborg, I understand she's a little bit older, but you got Liz Carmouche, Kat Zangano, plus all the women they already had there. They may have a better women's division than the UFC. And probably a better women's division than any of the men's division they have on the roster. I mean, they're starting to stack them up there. Now Liz Kamouche signed a, a multi-fight deal. She doesn't have no opponent or a date for a fight yet. But Scott Coker did say he was going to set up a flyweight women's tournament next year in a way I kind of like the the tournament feel to what Bellator, uh, Bellator is doing and if you're going to throw Liz Carmouche in there and Kat Sangano it could be a hell of a tournament to watch I kind of hope that they don't set it up where Kat fights Liz right off the bat Maybe set up the the brackets where they have the potential to fight in the, the finals. Now Liz Carmouche was on Ariel Holani a day or two after her release and said UFC didn't tell her but she thinks she got released because she was destroying all the prospects. 
She's the former title contender. And never won the belt. She came close a couple times. But never never won it. She was always up there. And that's why I think Bellator may be a good fit for her. Because gives a change of scenery. Just like Chris Cyborg. And maybe she'll do better there. I think she will. Hopefully. So that was the only breaking news type stuff that has happened in the past uh, 24 hours or so. Now earlier this week on Monday, it was announced that Royer McDonald has joined the PFL League. I believe the PFL... Uh, airs on ESPN and they they also do just like what Bellator does they do, do a, a tournament style championship if you want to call it that now he, he has signed an exclusive multi-fight deal with, with them and he will also be uh, part of the promotions 2020 season while competing in the welterweight uh tournament for the grand prize of one one million dollars <laughs> uh, he was quoted to say I'm excited to join the PFL where every year the world championship and one million dollar belt is there for the best fighter without any games or politics I believe in the PFL sports season format and fighters first organization now that first part of his comment is kind of interesting and we all kind of know what the shot was taken at when he said without any games or politics. To me, that's a shot at the UFC. You know, Dana White who's totally in love with Habib and Connor, is trying to figure out a way to get those two to do a rematch again. Even after this past weekend's uh, pay-per-view where uh, Jose Aldo lost to Marlon Moraes by a close decision. I mean, you know, it was close, but came out and said that he has no problem giving him a title shot against Triple C. The dude lost. You have rankings for a reason. How are you going to give a guy a title shot after a loss? So I could see where Royery is coming from. Now, you hear a lot of fighters talk good about Scott Coker. So I can't, I can't imagine any of these statements are towards him. Definitely has to has to be more of a shot at um, UFC, especially with the other comment that fighters first organization. Now let's all remember that when UFC signed the deal with Reebok, the fighters were against it because they actually were losing money because they couldn't get their own sponsors. Now another aspect of this move that is interesting to me 
two is McDonald is 30 years old. He's a former UFC title contender. He was the champion at Bellator before he lost it to Douglas Lima. And he's not a bad fighter. And this isn't a shot at PFL. But PFL to me is like like a triple A minor league for UFC and Bellator. Even one championship. So I could see him just running through whoever they put in front of him. Now the past couple of fights he had. He has stated that he's not sure if he wants to keep going on. Um, the fire is not there anymore. So is this like a, a one last hurrah to win a million dollars and ride off into the sunset with a nice chunk of change? Because I don't think any of his fights in UFC, he cleared 500 grand. I mean, probably 30, 40 grand. But if you could walk away with a million dollars... I mean, you won't be living like Donald Trump, or you won't be living like Eddie Murphy in trading spaces. Now, like I said, I mean, McDonald, he has some good and big names on his resume as far as victories. I mean, he beat Nate Diaz. He beat Tyrone Woodley, Damian Mia, BJ Penn. And... Even though he lost to Robbie Lawler in the title fight, that was a top three fight in UFC history, if not the top fight. I mean, for anybody that remembers it, the infamous stare down, both bloodied, bruised, swollen faces. It was a hell of a hell of a fight. So, I mean, I may tune in to the first fight to see exactly how well he does. But like I said, I expect him to just run through this field and will not be surprised if he retires after it. Because what else is there? I mean, he the Bellator let his fight contract go. Why not resign? Now, he did have... A championship clause in his contract where if he did win he wasn't allowed to be a free agent now does he try to win the million dollars and go back to Bellator I don't know we'll have to see I, I don't think that's the route he's he's looking at I think we're gonna see McDonald retire at the end of 2020 some BKFC news. So uh, it was announced earlier this year that they signed Hector Lombard. And he finally has an opponent. Who he's going to face Joe Riggs in Miami on February 15th at BKFC 10. I don't think this is going to be a good debut for Lombard because Riggs has looked good ever since joining BKFC he does have a loss but 
that was his only unimpressive fight. He just couldn't figure out. I forget the opponent he had, but I remember the the, the opponent just kept to the outside, and Riggs just couldn't figure out how to get inside to land some of those power uppercuts and hooks. Now, it is an intriguing fight because both guys are bangers. Both guys do have strength uh, when it comes to their punches. But I, I think Joe Riggs pulls this out. Lombard did sign a multi-fight contract with BKFC, so this is, shouldn't be a one-and-done I just curious if they're gonna throw the the Iranian Hulk on this pay-per-view. If you guys uh, didn't watch the last pay-per-view of uh, Bare Knuckle, it was announced that they signed the internet sensation, the, the the strong man who goes by the nickname of the Iranian Hulk. I think it is. I mean, the dude is. Beyond jacked. I mean, think of a strongman contest. Times it by four on steroids, and that's how big this guy is. I just can't see how this guy can be able to throw a punch. But that was that's the only fight so far that has been announced for BKFC 10. There were there was a article I saw um, floating some names around that could be rumored to end up on that pay-per-view uh, card. Um, Chase Sherman could be on it. I'm, st I'm starting to really like him. He's young, and he definitely has some good boxing. He just lost the belt to Joey Beltron. Maybe we get a rematch there. We'll see. I know he was uh, calling for Sam Shoemaker out, so that would be a hell of a, a fight. Shoemaker hasn't fought in a couple pay-per-views, so... It'd be nice to see him back there. Uh, Reggie Barnett was another name. He's always exciting. So once again, BKFC 10 is potentially looking to be another good card, an entertaining card. So we're going to take a quick little break here. But like I said at the top of the show, head over to Twitter. Follow us at ST Sports Podcast. Like and share our Facebook page, as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel. So we will be right back. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is your good friend Jibbo from Stay Tuned Sports. Are you looking to get into writing or putting out podcasts to give your hot takes or your opinion about certain subjects of the major sports or even e-gaming well head over to bellyupsports.com and send the guys a message to get some information about how you could join our family i've been part of the Bailey Up sports family since february and i'll tell you what it's a, a bunch of great guys and gals help each other all out and don't judge each other about what we put out there so if you're interested head over to bellyupsports.com send a message to the guys we're looking for writers editors even podcasters so, again, that is bellyupsports.com. Head over there, message them, and even read some of our articles. And 
welcome back after that little quick break there, but from Belly Up. Uh, speaking of them, head over to their website, bellyupsports.com. Check out a lot of the great articles that we got coming out lately. You know, basketball, football. Check out the forum as well. There's a lot of good topics on there that even myself have added some uh, questions on there. So, so getting back into the show. Uh, last week, we had the UFC 245 pay-per-view. And you know what? Before we get into that, you know, I, I was talking a little bit earlier about the rankings and, you know, Jose Aldo possibly fighting for a championship after he lost and blah, blah, blah. Here's another name that if he were to leave UFC, I hope, again, Bellator signs him because I think it would be a big sign for him, and that's Francis Nagano. He's not very happy with the UFC right now. Uh, he's beaten the last... What, two, three opponents? Sorry, he's on a three-fight win streak. His last three opponents, Curse Blades, Cain Velasquez, and Junior Dos Santos. Now, out of those three, Cain Velasquez, to me, I think, can't really hold that much weight into that win because he's not the same Cain that won the championship back against Brock Lesnar. Curse Blades, very tough opponent. Junior Dos Santos seemed like he refound that energy to, to help him win before he fought Nagano. So those two fights I, I put some weight into. Now, he was on the Ariel Holani show and he said he asked about the title shot and what the UFC told him was they have a, a trilogy set up for Stiepe and Daniel Cromier, but don't know when that's going to happen because of Miocic's recovering from an eye injury. So now you have the number three guy sitting there. It's not right that he has to go back and fight anybody below him. And it wasn't like Stiepe won that fight or uh, lost that fight close. I mean, he did get beat good. I think he should fight Nagano. I mean, what is the point of having rankings if you're just going to say, basically, uh, we're just going to make fights however we want. Let's make a 170 fight a... 205er. And on top of that, you know, I brought up about Conor McGregor being a double champ. Dana White even came out and said with that fight with Conor versus Cowboy that if Conor wins, he will get a title shot against Habib. Habib is in the 155 pound division. So how could this, this fight be a title eliminator at 170 for the 155 belt? It makes no sense. What is the point of having rankings? You know, just when UFC was gaining ground of being considered a top sport, you know, one, one of the four major sports, 
you start acting like this and no one's going to start believing in you. And in January, this coming January, you're jacking up the pay-per-view prices. Now it's going to be $70 per pay-per-view. That is insane. I understand you got to pay your fighters. I mean, your champs are basically fighting for $400,000 to $500,000 a fight. But you got a number three guy here in, in Nagano just sitting around. And he he's a highlight reel with his knockout power. But you rather give Stiepe the rematch even though he wasn't even close to winning that fight. So Nagano did say on the show, on Ariel Holani's show, that he might have options. I can't keep staying like this. And I don't blame him. If I was him, if... If he doesn't get a title shot next year, at least early next year, I'd go to Bellator. I'd go to a different company because ever since UFC got sold and Dana White basically have full control, it's just going to shit. They might be getting the pay-per-view buys and they might be getting the views and all that stuff, but the, the product that they're putting out there is garbage. Now, even though I just said that, you know, the product they're putting out is garbage, I will say last week's pay-per-view, UFC 245, actually was a very good pay-per-view. I mean, from the start to the end. Started off with Peter Yan defeating Haraya Favor. And I'll tell you what, you know, the old man, he, he tried to hang in there, but he just got ran through. I haven't seen him get mauled that bad probably since uh, I think he was in the WEC when Jose Aldo just kicked the leg right out from underneath him just to the point where he couldn't stand no more. A lot of people are saying favors to retire. You know, he's 40 years old, this and that. He's still competitive. He's not a BJ Penn. He's not a Diego Sanchez or Gilbert Melendez. But he can't go up against top prospect guys. Put him with the between 10 and 15 ranked guys. That could be entertaining fights and he have a ch- he has a chance to win. I just don't think he's at that point yet to retire. I think he has another year, and then he could retire. After that fight, we had Marlon Moraes versus Jose Aldo. Been talking about all show. It was a close fight. I had Marlon winning. I know a lot of people had Jose winning. Um, Marlon won by a split decision. Instead of giving Jose a title shot, and I, I brought this up. Uh, on Twitter to a couple people that said, you know, Jose deserves a title shot. No one deserves a title shot after a loss. If you think it was that close of a fight that he deserves a title shot, then make a rematch 
against Marlon Moraes as a number one contender fight. And like Dana White has always said over all these years, don't leave it in the judges' hands. Unfortunately, Jose Aldo did. He lost. Then we had Amanda Nunez versus JDR. And I mean, Nunez is just a different animal. You know, I wrote an article a couple months back on Belly Up. Uh, a pound for pound ranking one. And I, I said in there, I think at the time I had her as a number three pound for pound best fighter. I think I had Chromier one. And I think I had, I forget who I had number two. Maybe it was Triple C. I can't, I can't remember. But I said if she could defend her belt a couple times, there's no reason that she can't be the number one pound for pound fighter. And I'll tell you what, she's done it clean. She's done it dominant. She has to be considered the number one pound for pound fighter. Daniel Cromier. Okay, he lost. He, yes, he won the belt back. But Nunez has defended the belt twice. Her last fight, the, the joke that came out of it was she kicked... Or, uh, she punched Chris Cyborg so hard she knocked her right out of the UFC. Granted, it was a whole contract thing, but UFC wanted nothing to do with resigning her. Nunez is just a different animal, and I can't see... Maybe Clarissa Shields could beat her. <laughs> yeah, okay. I wish that would stop, too. The whole crossover boxing versus MMA, all that stuff. I am I am happy with Nunez's comment about that though, saying that if she wants to come to my sport, I will ground and pound her and jujitsu her into the ground. Co main event was Volkanovsky versus Max Holloway, and this again this was another good fight. Volkanovsky just took the legs out, kept chopping away at the legs. And you can see the one leg definitely was bothered. And he pulled out a unanimous decision. And, you know, most of the time when you read the next day, see a unanimous decision, you think, oh, man, he ran through him or she ran through him and it wasn't even close. This was another close fight. You know, I definitely had it a 3-2 score. But those leg kicks just really held Holloway back, I think. Then we had the main event, Kamaru Usman versus Kobe Covington. Thankfully, Covington lost in the fifth round. And a lot of people were saying it was a quick stoppage. He was, according to the book, intelligently defending himself. Listen, he wasn't even moving. Broken jaw or not, he was in the he was he was rolled up. Yes, he was covering his head, but he was making no attempt of trying to get out or get away from these punches. Now this was another good fight. This was another back and forth fight. I believe in the 
going into the fifth round, I actually had a 2-2. Covington had the broken jaw that he suffered in the, the third round, I believe it was. And if you guys get to see the highlight of when that happened, I mean, Jesus Christ, Usman punched Covington's head all the way up into the fifth row. And for Covington to be able to take that punch, as much as I don't like it, dude, my hats are off to you. You took a lot of good punches and you gave a good good fight. Now a lot of people, some people, are upset that he left the arena with his head covered up and, you know, listen. Until you guys, or myself, get into the octagon and try this out, However you want to leave the, the, the ring or the, the arena after a defeat, as long as you're not bashing fans or calling fans names or, you know, being disrespectful. Do what you want. But I really think Covington, with this villain persona, left, covered up, thinking going in that if I win this fight, this whole villain thing is going to just blow up and be bigger than he ever thought. And now, he basically has egg on his face. But overall, I, I thought it was a, a hell of a pay-per-view. There's a fight night over in China that's like 5 o'clock in the morning. I ain't getting up that early for it. But that's going to be it for this week. Um, with Christmas coming up next week, me and O'Brien are going to try to get a show out for you guys. But in case we can't, I want to wish everybody a happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Hopefully Santa Claus is good to you guys. So until next time, because I won't say next week, because I'm not sure. Till next time. This is your good friend Jimbo, signing out.